Chatua Enthusiasts Club podcast. This week, the ultimate guide and everything you need to know about insurance. JECpodcast.com Hello and welcome to the Jaguar Enthusiast Club podcast. Wayne Scott with you here on a very frosty morning in December as we gear up for the festive season ahead. It's great to have you with us as we work our way through the latest stories once again from the world of Jaguar. And as I talk to you today, Jaguar have got a new boss. It's true, the big announcement came just hours before recording this podcast, and it's an interesting one. We'll have to watch this as the story develops because Jaguar have appointed Philip Cohen as the new managing director not of JLR, it would seem, but of Jaguar. So it very much looks like there is a boss focused on Jaguar uh, at the moment in Gaydon. Now, this is a sort of a promotion from within, as it happens, because although he is ex-Rolls-Royce, he actually joined uh, Jaguar from Borgwood, uh, which was, of course, the German-Chinese company no longer around. He'd worked for Rolls-Royce as an engineering specialist and really had done great things with Rolls-Royce. He was quite famous for turning around their engineering development process at Rolls-Royce. And he did it seemingly in a way that kind of celebrated the heritage and the Britishness, if you like, of Rolls-Royce the brand. All good traits for someone who needs to be in charge of Jaguar, I think, as they continue their path towards being a luxury all-electric manufacturer by 2025. Full story on that is available on the news pages at jc.org.uk. Of course, Thierry Ballore, who uh, stood down last month in November 2022, that looks like his replacement. But as far as we're seeing in the press at the moment, focused on Jaguar and not the entire CEO position overarching JLR in its entirety. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that and update you via this podcast and via the news pages at jc.org.uk. And also big news for classic fans because the Silverstone Classic is now going to be called the Silverstone Festival. They've rebranded this. And it's quite an interesting move because we kind of got the feeling they were going this way uh, this year in 2022 when for the first time ever the event was held over the August bank holiday, and quite clearly the reason for that was to tap into a different audience. Certainly their messaging is more about getting families and car enthusiasts that might not necessarily be car owners or car club members, which was sort of the traditional audience for Silverstone Classic. Uh, they're focusing more on the families and those that like to come and watch us lot, who own Jaguars, uh, do our stuff around the track and put on the displays that we put on. So uh, the JEC, of course, we hope to be there on the normal position for us, on the inside of Cops Banking there, giving you the ultimate place to watch the racing. Uh, so, of course, if you want to book with your Jaguar, join us on the infield. You can do so by keeping an eye out for the discount code now currently online in the events pages at jc.org.uk you can also follow the news link to that as well plus also you can find it in paper in Jaguar Enthusiast magazine from the January issue onwards. But uh, yeah, the new name for the classic at Silverstone is going to be called Silverstone Festival. 
and it will happen once again over the August bank holiday in 2023. Lots happening in the Jaguar world at the moment, but sad news for us here in the JEC because we lost a very dear friend of ours, uh, a man who was part of the foundation of this club, beginning it back in in 1984 with a team of nine other people a very sad day that we announced last week uh, here at the Jaguar Enthusiast Club that we'd lost Graham Searle uh, and you can read his full tribute on the website currently at jc.org.uk also a full tribute will appear for Graham Searle in a future edition of Jaguar Enthusiast magazine and will no doubt lead more tributes here on the podcast but to be honest just at the moment too soon to be interviewing anyone that knew graham the news is still quite fresh here at the jaguar enthusiast club here in the uk and there's been an outpouring of sadness and of tribute to graham on the social media pages of the jaguar enthusiast club showing really what a huge following and support he had from the jaguar community around the world and some really heartfelt messages being left on the Jaguar Enthusiast pages at the moment. So, uh, yeah, a really sad time for everyone in the club and everyone in the worldwide Jaguar family. Those tributes, as I say, on the news pages at jec.org.uk. Full tribute coming in Jaguar Enthusiast magazine. And, of course, if you want to hear Graham's story, the best way to hear Graham's story is from the man himself. And you can hear that when we interviewed him back on episode four of the Jaguar Enthusiast Club podcast, way back in the depths of lockdown in May 2020. So uh, it's still up there on the feed. Go back and listen to that. It's a fascinating story of how Graham Searle not only began this club, the Jaguar Enthusiast Club, with nine others back in 1984, but was pivotal to its success and its growth in the 40 years nearly since. So uh, a great listen. And uh, of course, our deepest sympathies go out to all of Graham's family and friends at this terribly difficult time. The Jaguar Enthusiast Club has announced a brand new season of JC track sport events. These are our amazing track days that are kind of car shows and passenger experience days all wrapped into one. And it's an exciting programme at that. It all kicks off on the 25th of April at our favourite Castle Coombe circuit in Wiltshire, the historic circuit that is Castle Coombe. Uh, that starts us off then 25th of April. The 8th of July is next when we're up north again at Harewood Hill Climb, a fantastic venue that's grown in popularity over the last couple of years. Then we are on the 3rd of August at Blyton Park Circuit, a circuit that is just perfect if you're perhaps a little less confident on track days than some of the others because basically you need another tank of fuel uh, in order to hit anything at Brighton Park the runoff areas are that big it is a test circuit so it's an ideal circuit to learn on a uh, wonderful place uh, and a new one for the calendar this year this is quite exciting this because very rarely do you get a track day at this venue the exact date is yet to be confirmed but it'll be around the end of september to early october sort of time and it's going to be thruxton circuit so a new venue to try out for the regulars of the jc track sport events that's castle coon 25th of april Hayward hill climb the 8th of july blighton park circuit the 3rd of august and thruxton 
at some point towards the end of September, early October. Keep an eye out for details on the announcement of that final date via the pages at jec.org.uk forward slash events, also on the news pages there as well. And of course, as we hear more, we'll give you details here on the podcast as well. And there's a really good opportunity to save lots of money on Castle Coombe because there is a super early bird ticket price at the moment. And if you book it before the 31st of December, you get a huge discount. So uh, get on there and book it, jc.org.uk forward slash events for Castle Coombe that starts Traxport off for 2023. And there's just so much happening in the Jaguar Enthusiast Club at the moment. One of the great things that we announced at the NEC Classic Motor Show, of course, was the brand new insurance scheme for club members. Jaguar Enthusiast Club Insurance uh, sorted out for us and run and administered and all that kind of stuff by Peter James Insurance, who have been in the insurance game Well, since the very beginning, Peter James, a pioneer of specialist car insurance here in the UK. And what I thought would be good is to get the scheme manager, Dave Youngs, on this podcast and basically to open it up to the floor to allow you to grill him on the new club scheme. And that's exactly what we've done. So Dave Youngs from Jaguar Enthusiast Club Insurance by Peter James is next. So it was with great excitement that we announced the brand new insurance scheme for the Jaguar Enthusiast Club. It is JC Insurance and it is Dave Young's running it. Welcome to the podcast, Dave. Afternoon, Wayne. Thank you very much for having me. It's great to have you on. And the last time I saw you, Dave, we were at the NEC, stood in front of the 1988 Le Mans winning XJR9, launching this exciting scheme. And it was a wonderful show, wasn't it? It was indeed. And that seems like such a long time ago. In fact, it was actually (laughs) four weeks. So much has happened since then. Uh, Most of it, exciting stuff, because, of course, the scheme has now officially launched. We're now officially getting all the questions. We're going to run through some of them now. And, um, of course, we're now into winter as well. So that sets us some other challenges with insurance that we uh, can talk about in this interview and basically what i'm going to do is i'm going to be the conduit for all of you guys listening i'm going to take all of your questions that have been submitted via the podcast page at jcpodcast.com and we're going to put them to dave see if we can catch him out basically uh, i'd be surprised if we do because dave has been doing this a long long time dave how long have you been in insurance i've been in insurance in uh, for about 15 years um always with the specialist niche sector uh, and always in classic car insurance so uh, so hopefully uh, you won't be catching me out today and that's because i'm guessing like so many of us who work in and around the car business you are actually a massive petrol head at heart aren't you yeah absolutely um my, my list of cars is, is somewhat an eclectic mix um yeah i am a current jaguar shall we say custodian um and i've always loved the brand um but yeah really anything to do with cars engines you know jet skis Anything that moves and has an engine, absolutely love it. And this is the important thing, isn't it? Because, you know, it's so common to go and buy insurance, which I think they call it a grudge purchase, don't they? No one really wants insurance, but we all have to have it. And it's so common now to go online, 
type in a million different search engines, different comparison websites, get a very impersonal service. And let's face it, we're not talking about any old cars here. We're talking about our Jaguars. We are the Jaguar Enthusiast Club. They are our cherished vehicles. And so I think I'm speaking for most people when I say it's comforting to know that the person looking after our insurance is as passionate about cars and understands them like we do. Do you think that's important as well? I think that yeah, I think that's really important. Why I mean, the the proliferation of comparison sites over the last you know ten years or so has been huge, um, and, and really what they provide is a very convenient race to the bottom in terms of price. Um, but yeah, when you get to that element of you know cutting price, cutting, cutting price all the time, yeah, something's got to give, and it's it's generally the quality of the policy. Yeah, absolutely. And it's the fact that if you do have a problem or you want to talk about something you want to add to the policy or take it away or, you know, for example, we're going to get on to JC Track Sport in a little bit, the programme of track days and track experiences that are running through the club throughout the year. If you want to add one of those in, it's nice to be able to ring someone up that you actually know and have built up a kind of rapport with, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. We, we don't have a, you know, a great turnover of staff at our, our office. We, we're, we've got an office of passionate people. They're all very much into their cars. And then, yeah, the chances are that you're going to phone up. You can speak to the same person that you spoke to a year ago. Um, yeah, you can even ask for them by name. Um, yeah, we pride ourselves on, on running our office that way. Let's just touch on your Series 3 XJ6. We've all seen it in Jaguar Enthusiast magazine now, uh, next to you and the dog Moose. <laughs> um, <laughs> does Moose like his, his life travelling the back of a Jag, by the way? Uh, Moose is a very pampered pet and uh, would have nothing uh, nothing else other than a Jaguar as his daily transport. <laughs> and he looks after the leather work in the back seat, I hope. Uh, yeah, he's, um, he's a bit slobbery. We, uh, we, we tend to have to clean up after him. I mean, it's a lovely car, isn't it? Much maligned, actually, the Series 3 XJ6. They were a bit unloved for a little while, uh, including the follow-on, the XJ40, but now very much on the up in terms of prices and desirability, aren't they? Yeah, very much. I mean, the, the yeah, Dad was the original owner of this Series 3. He bought it, God, must be close to 30 years ago now. Um, yeah, it must be 30 years he bought the car. He, he laid it up for a while. And then in about 2017, we had a conversation. We pulled it out of the garage. We got it running. Uh, and I've been the custodian of it ever since. It lives in my garage. I'm the main driver of it. I don't think, I think Dad's driven it once. It, it's a great car. Um, yeah, it, it's a very, a very lovely car to waft around in. Um, and I really enjoy having it. I love what I love about the Series 3, actually, is the fact that it's kind of got that feel of it being the last of the classic Jags and what I mean by that is by the time you got to the XJ40 it was very much modern instrumentation a very modern solid feel the Series 3 XJ6 is sort of the last of those that you can still feel the DNA from the E-Type and the Mark II in it isn't it it's still got that very much that old Jaguar feel I do agree I've, I've had a couple of XJ40s I have you know I was lucky enough to own them but I had them during the time when they were they were worth very little so they were probably bangers rather than classics at the time um and it is it's a very very electronic car the series three just just feels much more authentic and i do love the big switch that allows you to switch between petrol tanks everyone's got to experience switching between petrol tanks at one point in their life yeah absolutely you can't do that in mine at the moment one of one of the tanks is actually uh rusted out <laughs> it's it's a job for the spring i think i'm not uh i'm not undertaking it in this cold weather so many series three xj6 
owners are listening to this going yeah same as mine yeah or the switch doesn't work that's the other one so enough about jags because insurance is what we're here to talk about and we must talk about it but first of all let's give a bit of a background to peter james they have basically been here since the beginning of time dinosaurs ruled the planet and they were still doing classic car insurance uh, it's over 40 years of history isn't it and that brings all sorts of experience and knowledge to the party here doesn't it it could be said, and yeah, has been said on many occasions. Yeah, Peter James himself was was the pioneer uh, of classic car insurance, um, and came up with many of the um, many of the benefits that people would take for granted. He actually came up with these yeah, back in 1983 when he first set up Peter James Insurance. Um, yeah, things like limited mileage discounts and agreed value were unheard of um, yeah, before Peter started this specialism um so yeah we're, we're quite proud of proud of that background yeah absolutely and of course peter is now enjoying the life of retirement and peter james is still very much the same feel of company i've been to your offices uh, they're still on hagley road in birmingham for now and they're still very much a tight-knit team there that, that run things there are no foreign call centers here it is literally the guys in the office on hagley road on a very normal looking high street might i add um but of course underneath all of that is a very powerful company kingfisher holdings that allows you now the flexibility to go out and do all sorts of different and exciting things in the market doesn't it yeah, absolutely. I mean, King, Kingfisher are a really great parent. Um, they own a number of niche specialist insurance type brokers, um, but there's very much still a very much a family feel uh, about Peter James. Um, you know, it's not a call centre. You, you'll see from the magazine, there's no one two one telephone number that you phone. Um, and whoever answers the phone will be able to deal with your query. Yeah, we don't have a specific sales department, so you know, you don't have to spend ten minutes waiting to be put through to customer services. Yeah, whoever answers the call will deal with whatever the query is. Now I can't do the Birmingham accent, and I won't try. <laughs> Uh, but um, you know that it's a local team. Uh, you know it's a local number because you, when you ring up Peter James Insurance, you always get a good old Midlands or Black Country accent of the other end of the phone, don't you? I've only got to spend a couple of days in the office and uh, I will come back. To, uh, my other half will say to me, yeah, you sound like a brummy. It's the good thing about it. And of course, it's personalised service. This year has seen Peter James Insurance approach club insurance in a whole different way isn't it so tell us a little bit of background about how that's developed and relaunched over the past six months or so we've we're trying to put the club back at the center of the insurance offering um like we said club, clubs are the backbone of the classic car world and we need to help them retain members and give those members a compelling reason to renew their membership um so we've we've put this policy together with the help of the club offering benefits that the club feel are important to their members um, and it's been great to work so closely with the JEC to design and build the product put it together um, and now to be able to launch it. Your partners with the FBHVC the Federation as well who of course lobby government and uh, people in power on the importance of the historic vehicle community I think it's safe to say we have a fair number of challenges facing uh, the classic car movement um, in the coming years but also the fact that car clubs are 
you know, facing challenges themselves to keep members coming in, to encourage younger audiences always into the car club world and into uh, especially the older and more classic Jaguars. And you're a part of that, and we'll get on to how your scheme is helping to encourage younger drivers into classic car ownership in just a moment, but also actually helping to finance those clubs as well because you know there is a commission scheme here that helps the club then to source income so that it can then invest it into more events and more member services yeah that's absolutely right i mean we designed this with the club the club are our partner in launching this scheme and obviously it's only right that um they, they earn an income from um, from the profit from it as well it helps keep the club going um it helps keeps the club healthy um and helps put on the the myriad of events that clubs put on absolutely and of course as i mentioned membership benefits is all key when we ask yourself are you going to renew with your club this year you have to ask the question and more and more people do ask this what do i get for it what do i get within the club that i can't get access to out of the club what am i getting for that membership fee and of course with peter james insurance and the launch of the jaguar enthusiast club insurance scheme there are many more answers to that question every year now which is great so let's go through some of the questions that you the listeners of the Jack Enthusiast Club podcast have put forward for Dave. We'll see how many we can get through in this episode. Of course, we will have Dave back on regularly. So if we don't get through to your question on this occasion, we will get to it in a future episode. But we'll start at something quite pertinent for this time of year. And as Dave and I are recording this conversation, outside the window, baby, it's cold outside and it's uh, icy and crispy. It's a winter wonderland. All of those songs that we all listen to at this time of year uh, but it's blue and cold and most jaguars are sat in the garage aren't they dave and one of the features that uh, you have listed under the jaguar enthusiast club insurance schemes launch is laid up cover so explain what it is and why we should be interested yeah as you say it's pretty cold out there at the moment we've uh, i'm in the southeast so we've got three inches of snow on the ground at the moment that's um that's been there for a few days and it's not going to shift until the weekend so uh, yeah mine's going absolutely nowhere um but laid up cover um is a is a really valuable cover option for those cars that are not likely to see the road anytime soon so maybe you've bought uh, a, a new purchase that you want to do some work on maybe you're going to take the car off the road for an extended period of time to to undertake a restoration uh, and it's important that that car still has some form of insurance you know garages can fall down things can fall off shelves in garages and damage the car um yeah people have been known to break into garages and steal cars that are, uh, they're off the road so, yeah so some sort of insurance is always still a good idea but you don't necessarily need a full policy that covers you for driving on the road um so a cheaper option is laid up cover which basically covers any fire or theft or accidental damage to the car. So this is brilliant. In the same way that if you have a post 40 year old car um, that still needs road tax, you would put it onto a sawn to stop paying the road tax on it while it's sat in the garage in hibernation over winter. You can actually bring your insurance policy cost down as well. So is this something that you can do sort of part way through an agreement then so you've got your on the road cover and then for four or five months of that year's worth of policy you can switch to laid up cover how does that work it wouldn't pay to do that for most people that just run a normal classic car i mean my classic car probably comes off the road for four or five months a year just because generally it doesn't get driven during the salty season um 
So the last time it went out was probably October. I very much doubt it'll go back on the road again now before February or March. Um, but it wouldn't pay to keep switching the policy between road and laid up cover. Uh, it's, it's a 12-month policy, in effect, so you wouldn't want to be able to switch that back to laid up. Laid up is a specific policy for a specific purpose. So this is ideal if you've got a car that's going into restoration or a lengthy period of work or or maintenance then. Um, ideal for someone who's just about to start to restore a car. So you've got it covered while you're working on it, but of course you're never going to drive it on the road during that period, so you don't have to pay uh, for all of those extra risks. Yeah, that's, that's exactly the purpose where laid-up cover is, is a really valuable cover option. And we did have a question on restoration, and uh, this one came in from a listener who asked, uh, can you cover cars that have been imported for restoration in laid-up cover? And I guess the sort of background to that question is that you've got a car that's not UK registered, in effect, and therefore it is currently being restored and then will be UK registered after the restoration is completed and the DVL have done their inspections, etc. So can you help, Dave? Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's no no issues with that whatsoever. We'd be able to ensure that vehicle on its chassis number um, whilst it was um, for the period of its restoration and laid up. We also had another question uh, that came a little bit uh, uh, later on in our uh, list of questions that we got from the podcast listeners to the JC Podcast at jcpodcast.com. And that was around tools. Uh, just looking down my list that was sent through here. Um, here it is. I'll bring this one in now because it kind of comes off laid up cover quite nicely and that is i have lots of tools and spares at home worth a lot of money are these covered on my house insurance or can they be covered on the motor policy um is this part of laid up cover or restoration cover dave or is this an extra bit of cover can you help him with his tools and his parts yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, the part of the JEC policy scheme, it, it, we will cover spare parts and tools cover up to a value of £3,000. Um, so that would cover tools and spare parts that are either kept in the insured vehicle or are in a lock place of storage um, at the residence that the car is registered insured at. Brilliant. This is all looking very good for restorers then. So it's not just about classic car cover for cars on the road. It's whilst they're being restored and maintained as well. Uh, another question here. How does member-to-member cover work? What does it mean? What's it all about? Dave. Member-to-member cover's great. Have you ever been to a car show? Um, you know, and somebody's there in a car that's, you know, they're part of your club. They've, they've just finished restoring it. It's it's a great car. And they say, oh, yeah, you know, fancy a whip out in it. Wouldn't it be nice if you could actually have a drive in it yourself? Um, or I've, I've been to several club nights um, and somebody would be talking, oh, they've got a slightly whiny diff. Um, and there's a well, let, yeah, let me have a run down the road in it and I'll see if I can identify what the problem is. Um, so member to member cover is a it, it's a fully comprehensive insurance extension that enables the policyholder to drive any other club member's classic Jaguar. Um, and for the purpose of this, let's say it's a Jaguar over 20 years old. Um, and, and it's a fully come cover extension. Brilliant. So you don't have to mess about getting your mate covered on your own insurance. If you're both on the Jaguar Enthusiast Club insurance scheme, then you're already covered on each other's cars. There's a requirement that you're both a club member. Um, and I say, to be perfectly clear, the, the loaned car doesn't necessarily need to be insured by Peter James, but it does need to be insured. Okay. 
Brilliant. This is a real benefit to the scheme then. So uh, hopefully that has answered uh, Rob's question on uh, what member-to-member cover actually is and how it works. Basically, if you're in the same club, if you're on the same scheme, then great drive each other's cars and that is really some of the features that we're seeing here that really enable a club to be a club isn't it you know it's really allowing us to share in each other's cars be a community and not have to be sort of hindered in our club activities by boring old insurance this is good stuff um okay so the next question i've got again more about restoration i think this one reinstatement cover this can often be quite complicated to get your head around and i know some call it reinstatement cover or uplift i know it's referred to occasionally Um, but effectively this is where amazingly you can insure your car for more than it's worth well it's a little bit more complicated than that Um, explain dave it is a strange one and we'll try and give it a real life example in order to put some sort of meat on the bones as to speak um yeah and let's use a let's use an xj40 um as an example because they're they're perhaps going through that period where you could spend significantly more on a restoration than the vehicle would actually be worth mm-hmm. so, so let's say your xj40 has got an agreed value of yeah let's try and keep the figure simple let's say it's 10 grand it's a really nice one um, but it's just been in and out of 12 grand um, yeah, restoration and respray. You can actually now insure that for up to 125% of its agreed value so that if anything should happen to the car, it could then go back and have that work redone to put it back into the condition that it is in now. It, it, is that clear? So it basically, if I can put it another way then, see if I understand it right, um, it's basically hiring the threshold at which a car could get written off because of the work that's been put into it against its value is higher than its market value. So that value of work can be put back into it before it's written off as a total loss in the case of an accident. Have I got that right? Sounds right to me. Yeah, okay, brilliant. 125%. I mean, that's a decent uplift on the value of a car like an XJ40 or XJS. Some of those cars that are sort of medium classics at the moment that, as you say, have had so much more spent on them in a restoration and their perhaps their market worth gives them credit for. So it allows you to give it that little bit extra comfort, I guess, in the case of the unthinkable happening. And of course, this is what insurance is all about. It's about dealing with the unthinkable. We're not saying you're going to have an accident, but, you know, with all things in life, you just never know so it's best to be prepared and this is where it's coming really clear the difference between a normal car policy out there on these price comparison sites and one that has come out of decades of knowledge and understanding of classic cars and cherished cars because this is about putting the preservation of the car's existence first isn't it you're an insurance company here that are helping to do what you can reasonably to make sure that a car isn't just scrapped if it has a bump which is something that we see so often especially with newer vehicles out there in the normal insurance world isn't it yeah absolutely yeah with with modern vehicles it's very very easy now to get those written off um yeah partly due to higher car charges partly due to inflation due to cost and availability of parts um and partly because of the 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 scrap values of them um if if you've got a car that's worth you know ten thousand pounds and it's a modern car that there is a scrap value of probably three thousand pounds on it um so if if you then get a a claim that's going to cost eight thousand pounds to put the car right you 
might consider that it's worth doing. Well, in the eyes of the insurance company, it probably isn't um, yeah, because of the value of the scrap. If you have any questions at all on insuring your Jaguar, do get in touch with us. The email is very easily found via jcpodcast.com. Just go to the website there, click the contact button and fill out the form. We'll collate all of those questions that you send in to us and we'll have Dave on in the future to get through those questions. And of course, you can also ask Dave a question whenever you like if you go direct. So uh, Dave, just uh, remind everyone of your email address in case there are any other questions that club members would like to ask you directly. Of course, my email address is dave.youngs, that's young, as in not old, with an S on the end, at pdji.co.uk. And of course, you can find all those details as well at jc.org.uk forward slash insurance. Enthusiasts Club podcast to find out what events you can get along to or to discover local club meets in your region. Visit jec.org.uk. Uh, moving on now to garages, Dave. Garages, do they have to be made of bricks? Um, I mean, garages are generally made you know, of either bricks, blocks, or stone. Um, uh, yeah, th- there are other forms of garaging that can take, you know, I- I'm a, you know, familiar with sort of oak garaging and metal garaging. Um, in-, in terms of the insurance costs, if they're made of anything other than bricks, blocks or stone, then just let us know. Um, and that's part of the benefits of dealing with a specialist um, that doesn't have a computer says no mentality. If you've got something that's out of the ordinary, just let us know. We can accommodate it in some way, shape or form come and have a chat that's the way forward with all of this stuff and i guess this comes out of the fact that um for classic car policies at least so that's for the very historic jaguars you do ask that they're garage don't you yes indeed yes and that uh, from memory that that has to be sort of during nighttime hours so it's okay if it's sort of on the drive during the day but at night it has to be tucked away is that right I think the garage and clause is between 11pm and 7am and that's if you're at your home address. We're not stipulating that if you go to visit a friend at the other end of the country and you're away for a couple of days that you need to put it in their garage. Um, it's just that if it's at the home address, we'd like it to be garaged overnight. Sure. Uh, but of course, again, it's about having that conversation. So if you do have a historic Jaguar that perhaps you know is in a i don't know a lean-to or something just ring dave up and have a chat explain where you are and which part of the country you're in and how the car's kept secure and that conversation is something that you can have and and see if there's a way to cover them in a more efficient way isn't there absolutely so uh can we leave the car with the roof down asks a jaguar enthusiast club member uh hello to phil listening in um so this is about convertible Jaguars. Of course, there are convertible Jaguars from all eras. I guess this is a difficult one, isn't it? Because so many of us like to leave our cars with the roof down all day at a show, for example. And occasionally you might just pop out from the car and, I don't know, fill it with petrol or something and leave the roof down. But you would never, I guess, leave the car in the high street of a major town for like a day or something unattended with the roof down where's the line drawn here dave and can you help us well i mean the the official line is in the policy documents um and those would read that any loss or damage by theft or attempted theft isn't covered if the convertible roof is left down 
Um, yeah, now in practice, I mean, I've owned a number of convertible cars over the years, um, and in practice, the roof gets left down. Um, yeah, if I'm going to go and pay for petrol, I wouldn't expect to put the roof back up again. If I if I pulled up and nipped in a corner shop to pick up a packet of chewing gum or something, I wouldn't put the roof up. If I was going into Tesco's, then yes, I would. Um, yeah, and then for a number of reasons, the, the car isn't particularly secure if the roof is left down. It gives seagulls plenty of target practice. The the local youths with their McDonald's milkshake cartons. Um, yeah, and beyond everything else, that the interior just gets hot. <laughs> it is good practice to put the roof back up. Okay, so I guess what you what you're saying is, if you're leaving the car very briefly, uh, it's okay. If you're leaving it for an extended period of time, pop the roof up. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So all of you are SS100 owners and XK120 owners and others uh, for whom it takes about a week to put the roof up, you can rest easy now. <laughs> and uh, uh, take your car where you like just don't leave it for too long with the roof down um good question that one tricky ones they're getting better these dave see if we can catch you out with this one uh, european travel is popular within the club so how can you help uh well your european travel is a is a feature of the the actual insurance policy itself we'll give you 60 days cover um to to travel abroad you know on a, on a club trip or even on a non-club trip um but in addition to that we'll also extend european breakdown cover um to to your policy um so should the should the unthinkable happen uh, whilst you're off on a on a tour of europe uh, we'll make sure the car gets home and there was a moment where we thought that European travel and UK car insurance would be complicated by the whole Brexit thing. That seems to have all been sorted out now, hasn't it? Brexit raised a, you know, a number of complications um, you know, for, for European travel and also for European breakdown cover. But um, no, we're assured our, our European partners are as much uh, on board with it as, as they ever were. Brilliant stuff. So we can go on the spirit of the Entente trips and all those kind of things uh, and know that we're covered by the club's insurance. Uh, another question from Martin says, does the club get a commission? Well, it does. We've covered that in the intro, I think. Um, there is a percentage on every policy sold, isn't there, Dave, that comes to the club? There is indeed, and it's important that that happens. It's um, yeah, the, the club use the money wisely. The, the, the yeah, clubs are not run for nothing. They they cost money to run. Um, so yeah, the, the club should see a, a percentage of each policy. Well, that's right, and it gives us um, ability to uh, create better events, I guess, as clubs. It gives the clubs ability to make nicer magazines, and it all feeds back into um, the members having a better experience. But the important point to make on commissions to clubs, I guess, is that that doesn't replace or diminish in any way the favourable discounted rates that club members get on their insurance, or in fact, the number of products that are exclusive to the club, does it? No, not at all. Um, we, we've done extensive rate comparison um, before we launched the scheme, and that's very much uh, an ongoing project as well. And is there a sort of target discount, I guess, that you are sort of aiming at to make sure that our flock are getting X percent cheaper deals than anywhere else? Or how does that work within the insurance industry? I mean, the, the aim is, is to offer the members a, a good value product. Um, and that's partly price and that's partly you know, what's included within the policy. Um, we, we're not going to be the cheapest in every instance and neither would we wish to be. Um, it's, it's about providing good 
value well good value continues because of course last year was the maiden year for the new program of track day events within the jaguar enthusiast club called jc track sport now track days within car clubs have notoriously been very difficult battlegrounds for insurance and a lot of club members have sort of nervously ventured out on track not really knowing whether they were covered in the event of an accident or a bump or a scratch or a scrape or not and in many cases they actually weren't covered at all and of course when you're out in a Jaguar on the track uh, using our track day facilities which get you out on track in the safest way possible you do just want to have that thought in your mind that if the worst and the unthinkable was to happen you would have some cover now the brilliant thing about Jaguar Enthusiast Club Insurance is that as long as you're on a JC track sport event so that's the events out of the track sport program so that's Castle Coombe, Mallory Park and the others that you can see advertised on the website at jc.org.uk under the event section there uh, then you are covered Dave aren't you and this is monumental stuff a club scheme that covers you for track days i never thought i'd see the day it's um it, yeah, it's quite a quite a unique policy addition so uh, we, yeah we're looking for this specify that these are jec organized events um via jec track sport they won't cover events that are outside um and non non-club organized uh, and they are for msa approved tracks as well brilliant this is all good news of course again it's about enabling the club to be a club and for us to enjoy our cars in ways that normal insurers just don't get don't understand and can't cover this is the great thing about this so uh, we'll continue onwards with the questions lodged at jcpodcast.com and this question is all about uh, one of those unthinkable moments if i have a bump in my car and i rebuilt it and don't want anyone else to work on it can i fix it myself now everyone's expecting me to go no um, but yeah, just for a change, um, we do allow a self-repair and do provide a self-repair option. Um, so following a claim for damage to the vehicle, if the vehicle is deemed repairable at your option, we can provide an equivalent cash settlement in lieu of repairs, which will enable you to repair the car yourself. Amazing. And I was expecting you to say no, to be honest. So that's a, a massive surprise. Fairly unique policy edition. Um, I don't know of another specialist that will provide an equivalent like for like policy add-on and there are listeners to this podcast i know that have we've had them on we've interviewed them that have built their own cars to such a high standard you know we're talking about xk 120s e-types that have won international concourse competitions that man in shed built you know uh, incredible stuff that we have within the club going on in sheds and workshops up and down the country so this is important there's often that feeling that the best person to fix that car is the person that built it and it might well just be the person who's insuring it and owns it and this is a this is a big deal isn't it Absolutely. There's some very, very competent people out there that are not necessarily um, doing this for the, for a living. Um, yeah, people that are building cars in their own garages and workshops. Um, yeah, and to provide the money for them to actually do the repair themselves is, is a great option. So in the event of an accident, Dave, what guarantees can you give that my car won't be scrapped? Um, now, I'm guessing you can't give any guarantees, um, but this, I suppose, is a good opportunity to talk about the ability to buy a car back if the worst was to happen. 
Yeah, I mean, you can never, ever guarantee that a car will never be scrapped in the event of an accident. Um, you know, cars can go into flames. You, you're not going to want that one back. Um, there's all sorts of reasons why you know, a vehicle would have to be scrapped in the event of an accident. Um, but most aren't. Uh, most vehicles are repairable um, in the event of an accident. So, yeah, let's talk about um, the free salvage retention that is included in every JEC policy. Um, what would happen with your everyday car if it happened in a similar situation? If that vehicle was deemed unrepairable, um, the salvage would generally be owned by the insurance company. So you'd be paid out whatever the value of that car was. They'd retain the salvage and then they'd sell it for their for their profit. In um, in our case, with the JEC policy, the, the salvage is returned to the policyholder. Um, so not only would we pay out the full agreed value minus any excess, um, we would also return the salvage to the policyholder free of charge. Um, which could enable it to be either a fantastic source of parts um, or give the option to, again, self-repair. I think of all of the marks that I've ever talked about insurance cover around in my history of doing podcasts like this, I think Jaguar probably is the most important that this gets done right because, I mean, I'm thinking back to very recently, earlier this year, there was an XK150S that had been wrapped round a tree at some point in the 1960s. There was barely a single straight panel left on it. And yet, that car still sold at auction for, well, it was well over £100,000. I remember it was a huge amount of money. And that's the sort of value that is put on cars that you would otherwise think, you know, had reached the end of their life. So uh, it is important that as historic vehicles that have this incredible sentimental in some cases, but also historic value, that we do work our best to keep them restorable and to uh, to preserve them. And that's all part of what the classic car insurance can offer over other insurers, isn't it? I, I can only agree. Okay, let's rattle through a few more of these because uh, loads of good questions here actually coming into the podcast. And as I say, we will have Dave on again in the future. So if we haven't covered your question yet, or if you're thinking one yourself, you can go on the contact pages at jcpodcast.com and get in touch that way. We'll collate them all up, save them when Dave next visits us and we'll ask them to him. Or of course, you can uh, get in touch with Dave directly. All his contact details are visible on the website at jc.org.uk for slash insurance uh, the next one a uh, very simple one actually dave how many miles can we do <laughs> it's not as simple as you might think wayne <laughs> ah, how did i know you were going to say that <laughs> it kind of depends on the age of your jaguar um on you know on jaguars that are over 20 years old we offer an unlimited mileage scheme um really just so you don't have to go to the effort of recording your mileage and telling us what that mileage is every year um, on a more modern Jaguar, uh, we will cover modern Jaguars that are used in a classic sense. Um, so even a, a two or three year old Jaguar, we'd be able to cover on a, a classic-ish scheme, but we would limit that to 6,000 miles. Um, yeah, we, we wouldn't want particularly to be offering a facility where somebody could go out and buy a Jaguar just to get cheap insurance and then go and do you know, what I do, 25, 30,000 miles a year up and down uh, the M40 uh, every week. Um, so we've got a duty to protect the scheme as well. 
No, that's fair enough. And I think uh, my experience of classic car insurance, not necessarily with a Jaguar, but with some of the endurance rallies I do, is that if there's a specific reason why I need more mileage, like I'm doing the Pyrenees rally, for example, it's again about picking up the phone and having a conversation with you, explaining what I'm doing and why. And generally speaking, you're able to cover it, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, great stuff. Um, looking through some more of these questions here. Can I cover my modern Jaguar? That's a good one. Um, again, that's a that's a fairly simple question. Uh, is yes, you can. Um, if you've also got a classic Jaguar, you can cover that modern Jaguar as part of a multi-vehicle uh, policy. Um, or if you use a modern Jaguar in a more classic sense, i.e. less than 6,000 miles a year, we'd be able to cover that on a standalone basis too. And another good one that sort of spins off that one is Andy's question here. My daily car is not a Jaguar, and I currently have all my cars on a multi-car scheme. Can you do this as well? Uh, that one's a really, really simple answer. The answer to that is yes. Brilliant. Give Dave a call. He'll sort you out. And, of course, you'll be contributing to the Jaguar Enthusiast Club, and also, hopefully, you'll have a much better deal than you're on now. That's what Dave promises. He'll try his best, anyway. Worth a call is what we're saying. Do you cover us when we're on club runs? Well, I think that's an easy one as well. Again, uh, provided it's not a competitive run or any timed element, yes, we do. This is an interesting one, this. I've never heard this question before. Are we covered when leaving a car at a show on display from vandalism or accidental damage, even theft? Now... We do occasionally read the headlines, don't we, Dave, in things like Classic Car Weekly, the newspapers, that cars have gone missing from shows or little Johnny has driven his bicycle into the side of a car that's been at a car show. So where does the uh, Classic Car Insurance Policy come into in that respect? Um, again, from vandalism, yes, you covered. Accidental damage, yes, you covered. Theft, yes, you covered. Um, so every element of that would be covered whilst leaving the car on display at a show. Well, I know that will come as a great comfort to loads of members who, of course, spend most of their summers at one show or another. So uh, good to have that reassurance from you there. Uh, this is a good one as well. And this is related, I guess, to uh, a service that the club can offer, but that, of course, you've teamed up with the Jag Enthusiast Club on. And that is around valuations. Now, the question is, my car is a special edition and is worth more than a normal model of the same Jaguar. How accommodating are you on values? Um, so, uh, it doesn't tell us what car this is, actually. He's been very coy about this. But, for example, I'll try and make one up. If I've We've been talking about XJ40s a fair bit. An XJ40 is worth... You know, probably significantly less than £10,000 unless it's something really special. And it could be something really special if it's one of the rare V12 models, which are worth more, or it's an XJR manual, or it's something like one of the TWR um, sport-tuned cars with the lovely body kits on them. Uh, they're very sought after, and they tend to command much higher prices. And an XJ40 that's a TWR car could probably be around 15 k how accommodating are you? And this is the thing with classic car insurances. You know, a Morris Minor is worth X, but it could be a very special Morris Minor that could be worth triple of X. And this is the this is the challenge, isn't it? And this is where classic car insurance must surely come into its own against normal car policies. How do you deal with all of that, Dave? 
again, I mean, this, this is a partnership with with the club, and we, yeah, we have to accept that the club are a specialist in Jaguars. <laughs> yeah, that, that's why they exist. Um, so for yeah, let, let's just go back to the example you, you've used of an XJ40, um, and most XJ40s would sit under you know, under a ten grand umbrella. Um, so any any vehicle worth under ten thousand pounds. Um, you can submit an agreed valuation form to us along with a couple of photographs and we can basically assess the, the value of that in-house and agree the valuation that, um, that, that you're sending in or, or not, if the case is. Um, for anything over £10,000, um, then we'd accept a valuation from the club. Uh, now, the club offer a really, really good um, valuation process. It's actually really good value compared to some other clubs as well. They only charge 15 quid. Um, and they will basically you know, endorse that value um, for us. Um, and then we can record that on the system. It's all very simple and straightforward. Brilliant. And of course, there are, I know there are loads of valuations that go through the offices at Jaguar Enthusiast Club on a daily basis. The guys are very knowledgeable there. They're very used to doing it. So get in touch with them if you have a special Jaguar that you want to have valued or if you just want to have a very true reflection a true picture of what your car is worth we've all had the conversations down the pub <laughs> we've all seen the mad stuff that happens at auctions at the nec and stuff but to get a true picture of it uh, you can use the club's free service it's free to members and you can get in touch very simply via valuations at jc.org.uk and of course, the partnership between the insurers at Peter James, the Jaguar Enthusiast Club Insurance Scheme, and the club itself means that that valuation will translate through to your insurance policy with the club. A brilliant, real demonstration there, isn't it, Dave, of how the club and the insurance company are working together there? Absolutely. I mean, the club are recognised experts in this field. You know, they are a classic Jaguar club. They, they know more than we do. Um, so they're, they're an important partner in this. Great stuff. Uh, final question then, and it comes on the back of some of the huge coverage, actually, that the Jaguar Enthusiast Club had on the back of the launch of this scheme at the NEC Classic Motor Show back in November of 2022, and the press, Dave, seem to pick up on the fact that you've been very, very encouraging of getting young people onto the scheme and encouraging what we hope will be the future of the Jaguar Enthusiast Club and of Jaguar fans, and that is to encourage young people to come into the scene, own a Jaguar, enjoy it, use it, and be a part of the club. And one of the questions from Tom here is that um, it's been very encouraging to see um, how open you are to ensuring young people... Um, how do young people get insured on the scheme? What's the lowest age? And do they need black boxes? Okay. I mean, a, a number of questions, which I'll, I'll, I'll try and answer as one. Um, let's go with the easiest one first. Do they need black boxes? The answer is absolutely no. Um, black boxes really only work on a car that's got an OBD port. And I think those only came in somewhere in the mid 80s, 86, was it? Um, and obviously a lot of classic Jaguars will be older than that. So to, to implement a scheme that relied on a black box um, wouldn't really work for us. There are a number of different young driver options um, and they range from whether the, the young driver is the owner of their own classic car or whether it's a parent slash grandparent that would like to encourage their 
you know, child or grandchild to come into the movement by insuring them on, on their car. Uh, so that there's a number of choices there. Um, so if the young person is an owner of their own classic car, we can accommodate those from age 19. We like them to have had a couple of years driving experience before uh, they get behind the wheel of a big Jag. Uh, but we can accompany them from a younger age on a parent's car, uh, and that's either on an accompanied or unaccompanied basis. Uh, this um, is so- an important one, isn't it? Because uh, this is certainly how I started my classic car career, if you like, and that was that I got to drive my dad's Triumph on an accompanied driver scheme, and I think it basically cost my dad, um, I appreciate we're going back sort of a long time here, 20 years nearly, uh, he, I think it cost him something like 25 quid to add me on. I could drive it anywhere I like for as long as I like at any time of day or night, whatever it was, but he had to be sat next to me. And it was a fantastic way of getting access to the family classic, if you like, but yet having that sort of steering hand from the parent figure to encourage me to be a part of it before the point at which I had my own car. Um, and it's really encouraging for those that sort of fall under the too young to get insured or too young to afford a car yet bracket, isn't it? It really is. And, and, and what's nicer than, you know, heading off to you know, one of the JEC events and letting your you know, 18, 19, 20-year-old, you know, son or daughter, you know, drive the car on the way or on the way back. Um, yeah, it, it's a really nice way to get them into the classic car movement at a very, very small cost. Um, yeah, what a great way. I mean, especially if it's an E-Type or something, not many 20-year-olds are going to be buying one of them for themselves. So it's a lovely way of sharing that experience with, you know, your mum or your dad, whoever it is in the family who is the classic car nut and getting involved from an early age. And of course, one of the great things that I know you've done in this scheme is that you've counted that engagement with the club. So you have to have been a member of the club for a year, but you're counting that from before the age of driving. So, you know, the, the trick is here, sign your son and daughter up to the club as a family member at like 15 16 then they've got the history with the club in order to qualify that's great where they're the actual owner of a car we'd like them to be a genuine enthusiast um yeah we will work with the club um not not to get a reference as such but um yeah the club say we know this person they've been to our events or yeah their dad's been a member for 10 or 15 years uh it's again it's a way of us just protecting the scheme um from anybody that might then wish to go and buy a jaguar just to get cheap insurance well i do know that the jaguar enthusiast club are going to launch a sort of accreditation scheme for young drivers within the club to help peter james insurance and the jaguar enthusiast club insurance scheme to offer those young people a really great cover for their cars Uh, but in the meantime the top tip really is to join the club Go along to a regional event, go along to the Summer Jaguar Festival, attend a JC track sport event, perhaps. Uh, get in with one of the ARDS instructors there, because one of the amazing things about the JC track sport events is that you can go out with Ray Ingman, our ARDS instructor, for free and get all sorts of advanced driving skills uh, as part of the event as well. Engage with all of that, get to know the club, be a part of it, and then, of course, it'll be plain sailing to get insured on your own Jaguar. And, of course, in the meantime, whilst we're lining up the various bits of detail for the launch of that accreditation scheme, the best thing to do, Dave, is to give you a ring and have a chat and tell you about all the great things that you've done with the club over the past year. 
yeah, please do. Uh, I mean, I, I had the pleasure of coming along to yeah, Bista Heritage for an event the club ran for young drivers earlier in the year. And it, it was great to see all the youngsters and how engaged they were. Uh, yeah, a really, really nice bunch of people. And um, yeah, we, we really enjoyed that day out. Yeah, it was a great day that. And of course, we will be doing that again next year. So in 2023, you can have the opportunity of driving a Jaguar around the Bista Heritage Test Track. We lay it out like it's a public road and you get to experience all areas of Jaguars with the people that own them. And I have to say, I'm not quite sure where the bigger smiles were coming from on the day. The young people driving or the owners that were there to share their cars and their experience and their knowledge with young people who were interested, especially Jeff and his XK150. He was the star of the day for me. Uh, plus the Swallows team, of course. Swallows Independent Jaguar, great supporter of all of these things. Tom Robinson from Swallows, uh, who runs the Young Jaguar Enthusiasts section of the club, was there with all sorts of the different Swallows racing cars as well. A really memorable day. Keep your eye open for how you can get involved with that in 2020. It will be running again. Details will appear in the new year at jc.org.uk forward slash events. And Dave, if people want to get in touch with you and talk about insurance, again, remind us on the best contact details for you. Yep, you can either drop me an email, um, which is dave.youngs at pdji.co.uk, uh, or obviously just give us a ring on the telephone number that you'll find in the club magazine. Of course, and follow the links from jc.org.uk forward slash insurance. Dave, that's been brilliant. I now know more about insurance than I ever thought possible, and so does everyone listening. Uh, and of course, we look forward to having you back on the podcast in a future episode to answer more of our questions. But uh, from all of us at the Jaguar Enthusiast Club, thanks very much for helping us to build this incredible insurance scheme, a real benefit to members. And thanks for sharing all of your knowledge and wisdom here on the JC podcast. Dave Young's everyone. Dave, thank you very much. Lovely. Thanks, Frank. Thank you very much for having me. That's all for this episode of the Jaguar Enthusiast Club podcast. Don't forget to keep in touch with us here on the JC podcast via www.jcpodcast.com. And you can get in touch with us very easily by using the voice recorder on there to leave us a message, or you can use the contact form if you prefer to write your messages. Don't forget, you can also join the Jaguar Enthusiast Club online by clicking the Join Today button on the top right-hand corner of the podcast page to enjoy all the benefits, plus the fantastic, glossy, 130-page monthly magazine that's all included in your membership of the worldwide Jaguar family that is the JEC. This is the Jaguar Enthusiasts Club podcast. Subscribe for new episodes at jecpodcast.com.